And now, on with the show. Junkies, the movie review you never asked for. I'm Steve. And I'm Jake. Jake, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. Um, yeah, my uh, Catherine is in a play, and uh, they just had their opening uh, night last night, and it went really well. It was a lot of fun. So she's in Greece. Uh, she's playing Sandra D. Nice. Uh, nice. The, yeah, yeah, so she's... Um, she does a great job with it and it's a, it's a really fun play. Like, I don't, I don't know. I was talking to some other people who were there and I don't know when the last time or if you've ever seen Greece, Steve. It's uh, been a while. But, it's been a while. Um, there's like, I feel like there's this universal, uh, experience among like American children, <laughs> uh, of our, of our generation where our parents like will when we're kids be like oh we should watch Greece I really loved this movie growing up so you pop in Greece into the you know the VCR and uh you start watching it and then your parents like begin to gradually realize oh this is so much dirtier than I thought it was <laughs> yeah yeah and, and then they're like I don't know why I liked this movie it's so dirty and then, like, they either, like, you turn it off or you have really awkward conversations with your kids afterwards because, like, Greece has some very adult yeah. themes in yeah. it. Uh, but, like, everyone forgets about that for some reason because maybe because, like, the music is just so kind of fun and right. upbeat and, you know, it's set in, like, the, I think, late 50s, early, very early 60s. Um, so it's kind of this, you know, bebop and, yeah. musical but it's like the yeah, ideal there's some parts sort of america that you you know uh, that you just like oh that was the that was the time you know like that was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it I, it was funny because like watching it again i was like man there's some really dirty stuff in this play um but it, it was a lot of fun and uh yeah, that's awesome. So that's what I've that's what I've been doing this weekend. You know, speaking of like movies and, and not understanding the context when you watched it and then showing it to a new audience. Um uh in our previous place where Chris and I were at serving, um we had we had teenagers, we had students over and, and they're like, Hey, we should watch a movie and I mean there's like twenty of them over there and I thought, Well I need to find like you know, that's always the, the as a student pastor, it's always a hard thing is trying to find like right. a movie that's kinda <laughs> safe and you're trying to like figure out which kids because there's some parents that don't care if their kids watch a PG thirteen movie and there's some parents that they are offended if their kid watches like a you know, a PG movie. And so I found the movie Heavyweights. Do you remember Heavyweights? Oh yeah, yeah, dude, that was a good movie. And I looked it up, and like there was one, like it, it said hell one time, and I thought, okay, like <laughs> you have to make those decisions. Like I can live with this. I think this will be okay. Um, right. And so we watched the movie, and I'm thinking, and it goes past that bar, and I'm like, nobody, nobody got in. It's fine. Well, then after the movie, one of our students, one of our girls, um, said, um, "See, this movie is really offensive." I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it only said one cuss word. And she's like, well, and then all of them started saying, yeah, like this movie is like really offensive. 
And so I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And they're like, well, they're making fun of them because they're fat. Like, that's that's not funny. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And they're like, why was this movie so funny? And I'm like, because they were fat. I mean, that... It was a dark time in the '90s. Okay, I don't know. I don't know why it was funny. I'm sorry, but uh, but you never know. You don't know what's offensive and what's not. Sometimes, whenever you show a movie to a new generation, uh, I was it was like a curveball. It was it was it was great. So, um, I mean, it makes it makes sense. It does like, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like what 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 was funny to us, like in our. You know, like it, it. I think it just sh- like I think that's how it is with every generation. Like, um, like we become more and more aware of like, um, I guess the way that we think and act and talk impacts other people. You know, and especially like people on the on the outside. So like th- stuff that like even you know even like you watch a movie, like that will make like just ha- like um. What was that movie that came out with Johnny Knoxville? Um, not Jackass, obviously, but that uh, grandpa. No, that's, no, that's a different one. Um, the one about the Special Olympics. Oh yeah. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't even. Where like that movie was even trying to like be respectful, but I I don't know if that movie would be received. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? As yeah. well. As well, like even though I think for for back then it was probably what ten years ago, um, like th- they were trying to be respectful of people with special needs, um, but it like even I don't know you know like it's just a very I don't I I don't th- I don't think that movie will stand the test no. of time in terms of like being well received. What a shocker that a Johnny Knoxville movie about special needs olympics will not stand the test of time that's a sad world we live in but that's the reality um that's a weird sentence to think that johnny knoxville actually and try to be respectful about it it's like i'm trying to remember what that movie was about but um i mean or what what it was called actually but uh wow wow yeah oh it's uh the ringer that's what it was yes okay nice so oh well anyway well all right well hope you enjoyed that little bit of overview of wonderful um i don't know i don't know what movies to send Spe- people to listen but um Spe- speaking of movies that won't stand the test of time uh you wanted to talk about the new han solo movie yeah so yesterday was <laughs> may the 4th uh, which of course is, is star wars day um it's always funny telling that to somebody that doesn't understand like i don't get it why is it star wars day this is may the 4th i still don't it's like okay whatever but anyway um just a new trailer for the solo, um, the, the Han Solo standalone movie dropped, and so here's the deal. And this this is the question I want to ask, and then we're going to jump into in, Infinity War um, uh, movie review. But what are what are your thoughts on this movie? Are you excited about this movie? Are you looking forward to this movie? I mean, it looks like like it looks good, but I'm just I don't know. I'm I don't, I don't know where I'm at on this. I think it's the least excited. Like of all the new Star Wars stories that they're kind of throwing out including the new trilogy um i'm le- i'm least excited about it mm-hmm. i'm a little more excited about it after seeing the new trailer but f- for me um i don't know it seems like it like this is one of the more blatant i feel like sort of just we we're gonna make a lot of money on people who <laughs> right. love star wars you know uh, um yeah 
And I mean, you know, Ron Howard's directing it, yeah. so yeah. you have to you have to take it. You have to at least consider it. Right. You know, like I have to go see it because it's not like they're. Um, it's it's not like they're not treating it like a throwaway movie. You know, they got Ron Howard to direct. I think mm-hmm. he would do. Uh, he does good things with scripts. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not that excited about it. Like, there's the whole like factor of, you know, it's supposed to be a young Han Solo, but Han Solo's already pretty young. Like when we meet him yeah. in episode four. So it's like, how much, how much time are we saying has passed between the events of, uh, solo and episode four. And then you get into kind of like weird, you know, age continuity type things mm. <laughs> where it's like, if, if the Han Solo of ep- episode four is supposed to be like 25 or 30, then are we saying that this Han Solo is like 20? Like, you know, is it a five year difference? Is it because I don't know, like, the I so that's one thing that I'm just kind of like eh we'll see like it it'll it'll be fine I'm I'm not I'm not pumped about it or anything it's to me it's just like a, a one more summer it's a summer blockbuster that like will be enjoyable right. but um it doesn't it doesn't get me amped up like some of the other stuff that's coming out yeah. um does I would agree with know? that yeah I I mean <clears throat> I've seen the trailers for it and I've uh, I think my reaction has been more okay. It looks great, but do I need this? Right? <laughs> like, do we actually yeah. need this? I mean, it's cool, right? But and I'll give you know, and I, I think a lot of people were really upset that the the guy playing on solo. They're like, well, he doesn't look anything. like. Well, he's not Harrison Ford, you know. Um, but I'll give him credit. Like in a lot of the trailers and even one of the clips they released, I feel like a lot of his mannerisms and a lot of the th- he he's you can tell the actor's doing a good job of really capturing the essence and the persona of Han Solo. Um, and so, right. and, and I agree with you. Yeah. Ron Howard is, he, he's one of the greatest directors of all time. He, he, and, and the visuals and all of it look really good. And I think anytime that Star Wars can take us to a different part of the galaxy we've never been to, that's always fun. But yeah, and it's got Woody, um, Woody Harrelson in it, which, you know, I'm always like, yeah, that would be good. Like he just—he's just always a good side character. Uh, that just always does a yeah. great job. And um, um, Emily Clark or Mila Clark is in it. Is that her name? I, th- I think I might just. Um, yeah, I think that Emilia Emil- Emil- Clark, Emily something. Yeah, yeah one of those. Yeah, two. so she's and she's and she's she's I think a great, a really good actress. And so um, I feel like it will be good. But yeah, I, I'm just I'm, I'm at that point where. Uh, I never thought I would get to a place where I would say to a Star Wars movie, huh, I could, I could, yeah. I could take it or leave it. Now I'm telling you, if they come out with it's, a solo Obi Wan Kenobi movie with Ewan McGregor, yes, give me that movie. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like if you go out with your family, um, and the so the new Star Wars trilogy and Rogue One are like going out with your family to Texas Roadhouse <laughs> and just having good food but i mean it's a lot right yeah you i mean you're enjoying it it's really tasty it's you've been looking forward the to butter it and the rolls, and man. Yeah. yeah the butter the rolls you get a juicy steak um and so you are just enjoying yourself but you're getting pretty full and you step outside the texas roadhouse and your parents are like all right you guys want some cold stone 
And that is what <laughs> the solo movie is. Is it's like the Cold Stone where you're like, uh, I mean, why not? I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say no yeah. to Cold Stone, but I'm I might make myself a little sick, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like you'll just say, well, just this one time. And then the next time yeah, it's a like, lot easier. And so I'm just afraid that we'll be at that 20th time of. Yeah. You know. Like, are we going to do a land? Are we going to do a Lando Calrissian movie, standalone movie? Like how many, you know, yeah. like, do we need these, do we need like these huge, like offshoot character exploration movies? Are we going to do a Chewy movie? Are, you know, like we don't, we don't, we don't really need it. That's the um, problem. We could get it. This is going to be a whole episode discussion about movies that we don't need. Right, like like care things that we just don't need in movies or, or actual movies that like just leave the story alone. It was good. Yeah, we don't need any more. Like let it be. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that man Hollywood has such an issue with is letting stories go. Like oh that was a great A's movie. Let's bring it back. Just let it be. So speaking of movies yeah. that um will probably never go out of extinction, Marvel movies. The MCU. This is true. The most dominant comic book movie franchise currently in existence. Um, and that is said from someone who is a DC fan, but Marvel continues. Um, what is this movie? Is Infinity War movie number 22 in the MCU? I think. 21, oh, maybe. Gosh, that make, um, I feel gross about myself if that's true. Dude, there's been I've a seen lot. It, like, Marvel has made so much money off of me. <laughs> oh, they have. Absolutely. Like, it's insane how much money they've made um, off off of us. But uh, So, obviously, we're without Julie today, and that's because we are going to be uh, discussing Infinity War, which has been out for about a week. Um, obviously, uh, spoiler alert uh, going forward, because we're going to discuss in great detail, um, and even painful detail, the entire movie and so if you do not want to be spoiled then uh then, then turn back now um jake just to kind of recap not recap the entire mcu because like we said there's a buttload of movies uh but to sort of just recap a little bit of the avengers franchise in and of itself um because this is now mm-hmm. the completion sort of of the it is a completion of the avengers trilogy um that started with mm-hmm. the first avengers movie which I don't know if a lot, I mean, and there may be a lot of people know this, but I didn't know this till about like a year ago, but I guess the subtitle for Avengers is actually a symbol, the first Avengers movie. Um, they just never, this, they just ne- didn't, they never released they it. They just never put that on a lot of stuff, I guess. I don't know, but I guess technically um, they just call it the Avengers, but I guess technically like, it is Avengers a symbol. Uh, but I never knew that. Mm. I was always like, oh, okay. I think I don't know if they just did retro um, change that. I'm sure they did because all the other ones, of course, have subtitles. But uh, but in Avengers Assemble, the first Avengers movie, um, of course, we have the story of kind of these uh, OG Avengers, um, Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk, Thor, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, um, all coming together to defend the Earth against an alien invasion, which of course is led by Loki um, at the at the uh, hand of Thanos, and of course the Avengers fight them off, and all goes well. But then we get to Ultron, Age of Ultron, and we find a Tony Stark who is suffering from uh, PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder from 
all the events. When we see that really played out in Iron Man 3, Civil War, and then it really begins in the Age of Ultron, though, movie. And he formulates a plan to prepare and to defend because that's the big part of that movie is like, hey, what if that happens again, right? Like a hole literally opened in the sky and an alien army came mm-hmm. down on. And so we have this Tony Stark who and, and Bruce Banner who create Ultron, uh, artificial intelligence to defend against these sort of threats. Of course, that goes haywire, no pun intended, but goes haywire and... Um, they have to battle this crazy robot who decides to destroy the world. Then we get mm-hmm. to Infinity War, which, of course, um, destiny arrives, so to speak. All the planning and preparing leads to this moment where Thanos is attempting to collect all the Infinity Stones. It had been spread out all throughout the MCU, and he eventually um, begins his move on... Um, on the universe, a goal to wipe out half the life in the universe. And so this movie obviously brings together the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it brings um, even these newer characters like Black Panther and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Um, all of them together in this this just epic showdown to save the universe. Um, so... Jake, I don't really know where to start as far as because this is, I mean, this is a two and a half hour movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, to kind of just make, if, if you, if it's been a week like us since you've seen the movie. The movie obviously opens with Thanos uh, decimating half of the Asgardians, killing Loki, um, Himdall, and then sending the Hulk to go warn uh, Tony Stark. And then we have. Uh, Maul and Cole um, and Proxima Midnight and Cor- Corvus Clave, which are some great names. They all land on Earth to go get the Time Stones. Uh, Maul kidnaps Doctor Strange. Iron Man, Spider-Man pursue. That ship eventually lands on Titan. The Guardians meet Thor. Then Thor, Rocket Group, go make a weapon uh, while the rest go to find Thanos. And eventually, uh, the guard half the Guardians and... Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Tony Stark meet on Titan, which in the comic books is the actual moon of Saturn, right? I think that is so... I don't know. The movie never really said if that's where exactly Titan is, but in the comic books it is in our solar system. And then the rest of the Avengers basically battle in Wakanda. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So that's kind of the overview. I mean, very quick, um, slightly sloppy overview of the movie. Um, Jake, overall, I mean, we'll get into a rating here in a little bit, but overall, did you, mm-hmm. did you enjoy the movie? Did you feel like it was, feel like it was good? Feel like it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I, between the two of us, I notoriously, um, sort of, I'm like caught in this middle, middle world between like comic book fatigue, but also like knowing that I like, you know, it's, it's this thing of like. Oh gosh, we're gonna do this again. But then I always end up at the theater. Yeah. Like just scarfing popcorn and, you know, um taking it all in. Um so I I went in excited about this movie, but also I mean, I, I feel like we we just we just um sort of finished Black Panther. Right. You know? Um Um so I, I was excited. I was also like just uh hoping that it would be more than just a 
two and a half hour battle sequence. Um, you know, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I walked away happy. Um, I, I felt like they, they managed, I mean, that's all it, it's a spectacle just to see this many characters in a two, you know, two and a half hour movie, like just, just to take in that many characters and feel like, um, there are definitely some who got slighted, Mm -hmm. but overall, um, I felt like it was a pretty, pretty good, like balance. Um, you know, like we didn't see as as much black widow as I might've liked to see. Um, we didn't see as much, um, black Panther as I would have liked to see. Um, you know, so, but, um, we didn't, we honestly didn't see as much winter soldier as I would have liked to see. Um, but overall, um, I felt like it was a, it was a, it was a good balance. Um, and uh and i was i was surprised that um we didn't get much hulk we got bruce banner in the hulkbuster iron man uh you know uh armor but um hulk himself like refused to take part in this battle and i don't know if there's something if that's going to come you know if there's going to be some development there if there's something going on there um you would think that there is yeah um, definitely um so so yeah i thought i thought that was interesting um and uh yeah so i i walked out i walked out happy um interested to see the next uh avengers movie so i'm i'm excited to see where they go um you know i have some uh some thoughts on that but yeah. um it's yeah. just just spec just speculation yeah no i agree i think overall um i, I you know it's crazy. I mean, we, we were talking 10 years. Um, just this past week, they I think it might have been on the 3rd or the 4th, so a couple of days ago, um, they celebrated. It was 10 years ago that day that Iron Man was released. And it's it's insane that they built this, this entire universe. And there was so much hype and so much built up to this movie. It, it was just insane. And mm-hmm. it could have been really easy for a movie like this to be a complete flop. Um, it, it just could have been. It, there, there's no doubt about it. So it's it's really incredible to me that they managed to balance all the characters. They kind of gave everybody sort of their moment, even though it might have been a small moment. But they sort of seemed to at least everybody had a, their own kind of moment of um, heroics in the movie. But... Mm-hmm. I, I agree. They they did deliver on it, and so we'll get into a, a little bit more of a detailed review here in a moment. But but first, before before we talk about it, because it is it is interesting. That, and I read um, a, a review after I watched the movie because that kind of was my thought too. It was like I don't feel like we got to see so much of the characters. There were times they felt like side characters, and, and one review pointed out the fact that well, this movie wasn't about the Avengers in as much as it was about Thanos. Thanos yeah. was really the main character of the story um yeah so let's spend a little time talking about thanos he is of course the big bad um he has been the big bad that's been built up since the after credit scenes of the first avengers movie and i didn't know a lot about thanos when we first saw him i had to go to google Mm -hmm. and i thought man his character is really weird and the comics is very strange like he's basically trying to kill half the life in the universe to win the affections of um, the the goddess of death, right? Which you're like, that's definitely a comic book line if I've ever heard one. Um, right. And 
and, and, and weirdly enough, I mean, we did have Hela as the goddess of death in Thor Ragnarok, but she's a completely different character than what I think we've... She's not that same, I think, mistress or goddess of death that, that Thanos was attracted to, I guess. But anyway, his motivations, though, in this movie are actually to save the other half of the universe by wiping out half of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Jake, I, I'll let you kind of start as far as like, what were your impressions of Thanos as far as a villain, um, as far as yeah. what was portrayed and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. I, um, I, I thought this was one of the most, and I'm, I'm not alone. This is sort of the consensus is like, I thought Thanos was probably one of the most complex villains that Marvel who, historically is weak on villains mm-hmm. um just in terms of like developing character you know developing the characters of villains um the mcu that's if you're going to give one criticism that's probably one of the main ones right oh, is yeah. like the the character <laughs> development of a lot of their villains is just just like very weak because people want to see more of the heroes mm-hmm. um you know and um um but i thought thanos was a um s- sort of in a weird way, a breath of fresh air, if I can say that. Um, just, just taking him seriously as a, um, you know, as someone who doesn't perceive himself as a villain, he doesn't see what he's doing as wrong or evil. He's seeing it as sort of like um, a necessary evil, I guess. Um, uh, kind of, kind of like, uh, kind of reminds me of Bane or Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. in yeah. uh, League of Sh- League of Shadows. You know, where you see so much corruption in the world, or in Thanos's case, the universe, um, that you're like, someone has to do something, and someone's going to have to make the really hard decision. Someone's going to have to be the bad guy, but in the long run, you know, people will flourish if I make this really hard decision. Um, so I think those types of villains are more interesting. The ones who don't see themselves as the bad guy, um, who don't have evil intentions. And that's, that's what's interesting about Thanos is he comes across as evil in some ways, but his intentions uh, in his mind are um, difficult, they're hard, they're um, maybe even evil in some sense, but the the large, the big picture is um, I want people to be able to thrive and I want society, you know, I want civilizations to flourish. Um, yeah. And he, he like, he doesn't want to control people. Uh, it doesn't seem like, it's not like he wants to be the God of these people or he wants to be the overlord. Um, it seems like he kind of does his dirty work and then leaves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Um, and I saw I saw someone on Facebook um, saying that like um, the Dark Knight had had always been their favorite uh, superhero movie, and then um, Avengers: uh, Infinity War kind of is right up there. And I I would not say that. I don't think anything will ever touch the Dark Knight. Maybe that's just because I'm. Uh, sentimental about that movie yeah. or or whatever but um i will say what makes the dark knight and and infinity war great is the focus is on the villain um just like the dark knight is really more of a joker movie than it is a batman movie mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it really fun and enjoyable um 
Infinity War is a Thanos movie more than it is an Avengers movie. So yeah, uh, no, I agree with that absolutely. I was I was really impressed with with Thanos, and I mean, I, I, I even from from the the the, the CGI right uh the way that they mm-hmm. captured josh brolin's even just facial expressions and i mean you really felt like i mean a lot of times these voice actors that voice these cgi villains or, or people um they're just doing the voice but you actually felt like josh brolin got to act in this movie um yeah. which, which was kind of incredible but i mean thanos actually felt like a real living being in the movie um you know again and and uh, apologies to two of you that are listening um but we obviously always have to make dc references but you know when you go back and look at a movie like justice league in november the cgi of steppenwolf was horrendous it was terrible yeah this movie it was like this is like this is this is a real dude like real and, and with emotions very complex emotions he's not just you know, walking around saying mother all the time. You know what I mean? In, in Justice League, which, yeah. oh, I can't even, I, I bring that up and like my blood pressure's already going up. Anyway, um, but he he was like complex, emotional, had reasons. And I think I agree with you. I always feel a lot more, as much sympathy as you can for a villain with a plan like this. But when the villain actually believes that what they're doing is right, and it's for yeah. good. It's not just they're doing evil. Like, I'm going to take over the entire universe. You're like, well, that's dumb. Uh, but when you're going, they actually think that what they're doing is justified and it's right. And it's actually benefiting people by killing half the life in the entire universe. Um, yeah. Because you're right. Yeah, you get that sense. Uh, you get that sense at the end of the movie, too. Um, and we'll get to that a little later. But that he, when he does what he came to do, he's done. He's not gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna try to be a, uh, you know, to rule over them or anything. Like he's just done. And so I, I thought he was. It was a really great villain, a great character. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't watch the, a midnight showing, which I haven't done in ten years since. You guessed it, The Dark Knight. Um, and I remember going and watching The Dark Knight, and every time the Joker came on screen, there was a tension that was palpable in the room like you just felt like mm-hmm. everybody was on the edge of their seat i haven't felt that mm-hmm. way about a villain until last thursday watching thanos mm-hmm. on screen like you actually like were like oh okay oh no thanos is here like it was it was a really feeling of dread and i think the dread was caught up in you didn't know what he was gonna do because mm-hmm. he could just snap somebody's neck or he could just let them live, right? Uh, you just had no clue what he was going to do, and you and it was very clearly, I think, from the opening scene, especially like when when the Hulk attacked him, you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. But then when he just started pummeling the Hulk, you were like, oh no, this is this is this is really like this guy is, and he only had like I think two Infinity Stones at that point. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so they uh, yeah. they 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 did a great job with him. Um, I thought the the dynamics between him and Gamora were very interesting. Um, <clears throat> you got the sense from the two first two Guardians movies that you know he I mean he did kidnap her, but that she that he was kind of an abusive, hateful, and just basically used her um, to just continue to kill half the universe. But this movie really mm-hmm. showed the side of Thanos that, in his own sick and twisted way. He really 
loved Gamora. Like he really saw her as his daughter. Um, yeah. And I thought that was really driven home. That that was a tremendous scene uh, when they landed on the the one planet to get the Soul Stone. One, of course, it started off by us us uh, the, the reveal of Red Skull. Um, which was awesome, um, and that made which was epic. Oh, that was like, it was like the whole theater was like, oh my gosh! And of course, some people that don't remember Captain America were like, who is this guy? But um, that was great. Oh, it it was so good. That was one of the most masterful uh, reveals I think in that movie was was Red Skull, and he's only like he's only in it for like two minutes, but you were just like, so that's what you know, that's like everyone, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're like, oh. That is so cool, you know? Uh, well, I remember thinking his voice, like whenever he was just still, you know, in the shadows, I was like, that voice sounds super familiar. And it actually wasn't Hugo Weaving uh, that played him. It was actually an actor from The Walking Dead who does tremendous Hugo Weaving uh, Red Skull accent that was actually playing him. <laughs> um, but I thought, man, that voice sounds really familiar. And then when he comes out of the shadows, I was like, that's yeah awesome and so but when of course when he goes to the cliff and red skull tells him that the soul stone requires a great sacrifice and he starts to cry and gamora goes oh you know thinking he's crying because he doesn't have anybody he loves and then the red skull of course says well the tears aren't for him and she realizes holy crap this monster actually loves me like really deep down does and um yeah and, and, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a fake sort of thing either because i mean clearly when he threw gamora off the cliff and she died he got the soul stone so i mean it it, it was a it was the real deal and i thought it was also interesting whenever they landed the guardians landed on nowhere and uh thanos had created the illusion with the reality stone that 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 nowhere was still somewhat intact and she attacks mm-hmm. thanos and kills thanos um, that she starts to cry. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is like, so, and, and I think there's a lot of parallels just when you get into, you think about in real, real life of, um, uh, abusive relationships, right? Like there, there's this very control power. Um, it, it, it there, there's a lot of different dynamics that are going on there. And so I thought the parallels they played up in, in those, that relationship humanized Thanos, uh, made him yeah. more than just your typical CGI evil villain um, that just wanted to conquer the galaxy. So I was I was really yeah. impressed by how they did that. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree that that moment was sort of I think the turning point, um, probably for a lot of audience members, where they were like, "Oh, like he, yeah." I I feel like the empathetic like even in the midst of him doing something awful like killing his daughter and you know for for a soul stone like um you empathize with with the villain or or you just you have some sort of emotional um bond you know in a weird in a weird way um and it it i think it raises the stakes of um you know Thanos's interaction with with our heroes um yeah. So yeah, that's no, good. It's good. It's good. Um, well, hey, let, what if you had to list? Um, and, and we can just kind of trade off here one by one. But um, let's talk about some of our favorite moments or favorite scenes from mm-hmm. this movie. Um, 
Jake, I'll, I'll let you go. You go first on this. What was your? And it doesn't um, have to be a particular order because uh, I think that would be kind of are, hard. But are we? Is the ending off limits? I don't think so. No, we can we can we can, we can throw in the ending. Okay. Yeah, the ending is the best part of the movie. Um, I mean, you know, and it's it's what sets this it's what sets this movie apart from all the other Avengers movies, mm-hmm. um, and all the, honestly all the other Marvel movies, um, because you knew going into this movie you were going to get some great uh, zingers, you know, between like Peter Quill and Tony Stark, and you know you you knew you were going to get that like trademark Marvel humor, um, which is. I think a very underrated element of why these movies do so well and why they're so well received Mm -hmm. is because they've, they've figured out that, that really nice, perfect balance of like, um, recognizing that what we're doing here is actually very silly in some sense, you know? Um, and so like embracing that, like Thor Ragnar, that's why Thor Ragnarok did so well. That's why movies like Ant-Man, um, and Spider-Man homecoming, do so well is because they recognize like the inherent like um tension between trying to do a movie about someone trying to blow up the universe or a movie about someone trying to you know take over the world um but that person's also wearing a cape and you know (laughs) (laughs) like has big has big muscles like we're one step yes yeah like we're we're one step removed from wwf (laughs) you know um so but I think so. I think they do a really good job of uh, rec- building that, like massaging that tension um, for the audience, where they're like, "It's okay. Like we're not taking ourselves so seriously. Like you can laugh with us, and you can laugh about this movie um, while still enjoying it as an action movie and as a comic book movie and relating to these characters." You know. Um, so I say all that to say, like, you knew you were going to get that mm-hmm. in in Avengers Infinity War. You knew you were going to get some good battle scenes. Um, you knew you were going to get, um, you know, some great, like anytime Iron Man suits up, like you just, the little kid and you just gets excited because oh, yeah. it's super cool. Especially uh, this You know, one. it's just, yeah, like it's just cool to watch Iron, like just this armor, like build itself around a person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, why pe- it's why people like Transformers. Um, <laughs> it is. It is, yeah. Um. So you knew you were going to get some of that. Like I, I trusted that they were going to do a pretty good job with the, the special effects and the computer effects. Like Marvel, um, I feel like is, um, has, a, has a pretty good, um, uh, tra- uh, uh, track record with m- making movies look really good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I wasn't worried about that, but the ending, um, makes this movie what it is. Uh, so that's a bi- a big part. I love the interaction between Doctor Strange and Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Um, that was probably my favorite kind of grouping because Doctor Strange is one of my favorite. Weirdly, like I didn't even care about Doctor Strange before the movie came out. Um, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is just so good. Yeah, um, yeah. No, he's, um, he's phenomenal. I mean, and I think part of, like, I, I agree with you, like the dynamic between him and, and Stark especially <laughs> Like, like Stark's, like, obviously uber-intelligent, um, mm-hmm. but also very much into the sciences, where Doctor Strange is also extremely intelligent, but is more on this magical side. And But at the, but at the same time, like, there are moments where, 
I just loved how throughout this movie that Doctor Strange, there was this feeling that he kind of never lost his cool. Like, he was kind of always in control. And he, he just, mm-hmm. he never gets sort of worried. Um, I, I, I don't know. He, he, he is a tremendous character, and I agree. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, does a great job, and I loved all the interactions with him. Him just calling Tony Stark a douchebag, um, to mm-hmm. Peter Parker introducing himself and saying, oh, we're using our made-up names. Um, it's, it's just really, yeah, it was very good writing. Um, and I, it was always, I think a lot of people were excited about those two being paired up on screen, uh, for sure. So, um, yeah, but I think I agree with you on the ending. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, what's interesting to me about Dr. Strange is, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people who know a lot more about the comic books and the movies than I do kind of say um, Scarlet Witch is probably the most powerful Avenger. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, clearly like she's the only one who even stands a chance against Thanos um, in the, in the infinity war movie. Um, you know, the only person who can destroy uh, an infinity stone. Um, uh, but in some ways, I wonder if Dr. Strange is the most powerful of the, I guess he's kind of an unofficial quote unquote Avenger. Um, just because, you know, like he, he has the ability to go, or at least with the eye of Agamotto, he is able to like transcend time and like go explore like all yeah. these different scenarios. You know, he has that moment where he's like, I explored like over 4 million scenarios. Um, and there was only one where we stood a chance or where we came out on top. Um, so like that to me, Doctor Strange has the most potential to be his his powers I feel like are it's a more interesting interaction because he's not just, you know, it's not just a fist fight with him. Yeah. Like the way that he beats Dormammu in the Doctor Strange movie is brilliant. He doesn't use, you know, brute strength or lightning or, you know, he's not Thor or the Hulk or whatever. Like he actually utilizes this sort of um intelligence on the one hand but also like this sort of like mystical art mm-hmm. um that that doesn't always work itself out through just brute strength that it, sometimes it's deception sometimes it's um you know it, it's a lot of deception um so i i think he's super cool yeah no i i agree and they they perfect yeah they perfectly casted him with uh with benedict Cumberbatch, and um yeah he he was a he was a high a highlight of this movie and you know, I, I think it was interesting. I, I read somewhere, you know, Doctor Strange when he battled Stormahu in um, whatever dimension that was, and he puts him in the time loop. You know, because he's he's obviously extremely powerful here. Like he was doing some crazy mm-hmm. stuff, um, but that place obviously being outside of time where he was battling Dormahu, that he could have been battling him for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, right. and gaining and learning all this strength and knowledge where he came back like, you know, like a level 30 wizard, so to speak, um, and, and, and went in like at a three. And so I, I think it, it was really great how they just showed him. And, and, and they showed him a little bit like when he made the cameo in Thor Ragnarok, but just in this movie showing how much in control he is of his powers um, was, mm-hmm. was really, really good. Um, I, I did love it too when the Guardians... Um, and then met up, uh, that whole interaction was just, there were so many great, um, 
exchanges. I mean, from Peter Quill mentioning Footloose, is it the greatest movie of all time? And Peter Parker saying it never was. Um, to the whole, who is Gamora? What is Gamora? Why Gamora? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know why, but, but my two favorite exchanges in the, two of my favorite exchanges in the movie were when Doctor Strange asked Peter Quill, who, what master do you serve? And Peter Quill responds, what am I supposed to say? Jesus? And like, yeah. that was, I did cracked me up. And of course that let Stark know. Um, Cause somebody had asked, like my brother asked me, I, I think, or maybe somebody else asked me too. I was talking about the infinity. They're like, how did he know? Cause he knew, I mean, picking up that, Oh, you know, I thought that's an, that's a subtle thing. Like Tony Stark immediately picks up this guy's from earth um, where he wouldn't understand yeah. that reference. Um, and then I also just loved <laughs> cause it kind of lent to the absurdity of the moment in the movie when they're battling in New York and Peter Parker shows up and asks Tony Stark what's going on. He's like, an alien uh, is, uh, what did he say? An alien just kidnapped a wizard trying to get a stone. Uh, go get the wizard or whatever. It's like, okay. Like, that's the most absurd <laughs> sentence ever in a movie. That, But but it's just a magical stone. It's like, yeah. It was, it, that, yeah. that was pretty, pretty great. Um, but I thought their interactions yeah. were really good, so... I feel like uh, one of the most brilliant, like, I think one of Marvel's most brilliant moves is the is the way that they write Drax's character and casting Dave Bautista yes. as Drax. Like, who would have thought that this guy, like, he's awesome. He's hilarious. Like, his comic timing is unbelievable. Um, you know, and like the the. The the way that they write that character is just like pure gold. Everything that comes out of his mouth is awesome. Uh and like even more so like I love Chris Pratt and I love the writing for Star-Lord. Um like same, you know, with Tony Stark, like these guys the people the the men and women who write these movies are on top of it oh, in yeah. terms of like comic comic timing and understanding the different sort of like um comic styling of these of these characters, but Drax takes the cake for me. Like, I think he is so funny. He's great. No, absolutely. I mean, just, just, yeah, no. And, and the cat, yeah, the casting of the characters. And I thought they did a good job of like, you never felt like this was just an Avengers movie and the guardians were in it. Like the, the guardians and everything about the guardians was well represented in the movie. Everything about the Avengers was well represented. Like you never thought that it, it didn't feel like they were just in a different movie. It felt like right. they, that character was in this universe. If that makes sense. And so, um, right. Yeah. That, that pairing on Titan with, um, Iron Man strange and Spider-Man and the, the half of the guardians was, was very strong. Um, and probably my favorite sequence in the entire movie as far as just a drawn-out battle. I mean, their fighting against Thanos was amazing. Um, I was impressed to just see how... Like, I think they represented the powers that these characters had, too. You know, like, I know Spider-Man is, 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 is this teenager, but Spider-Man in the comics is insanely strong. Um, mm -hmm. To the point that there's a scene in the comics where... And it's, it's a weird comic book arc like many are but somehow dr doc ock uh gains access to spider-man's psyche and realizes that in all their battles that spider-man basically pulls his punches and isn't even fully hitting him as hard as he could because he would actually kill him 
which you're like that's a fascinating part of the Spider-Man character is he he could he could he, if he if he could wanted to he could probably beat the likes of a Black Panther or a a, a Captain America because he and so I thought he was well represented in his strength and his ability even though he is very right. young I thought Tony Stark and just the way that his technology and his being able to hold his own against Thanos was was really well done too mm-hmm. and so um and and on I, the on oh no go sorry. ahead sorry I was just gonna say on the on the Spider-Man front like I think what displays that really well is that scene in Civil War where um oh, yeah Bucky Barnes tries to punch Spider-Man in the face <laughs> yeah. and he catches he catches the Winter Soldier's metal arm you know made out of vibranium with one arm and is yeah, and it's like, you have a metal arm? That's awesome. And he's just like, it's like a kind of fun to him, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just really, like, yeah, I think he is so strong, and it's interesting to think about him, you know, as a as a kid who doesn't want to kill anybody, like, pulling his punches, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's really, yeah, that's that's fascinating. It is, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I love the battle that Tony Stark had with, with Thanos, I mean, um, there, there at the end, I mean, it was, uh, and the moment too, where, I mean, Iron Man goes all out. I mean, doing things Mm -hmm. with this suit that we've never seen in the movies before. And he manages to get a, get a scratch on Thanos's cheek. And I love the line of, you know, all of that for a drop of blood. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I mean, Iron Man literally went all out and that's all he got um but it it was i think it showed too just how how far along these characters have come these aren't like and i think i think one it it showed the power and how powerful thanos was but it also showed how powerful these avengers have become too and how well um they've they've become at their their skills and stuff so um i'll throw out one of my favorite scenes i did i did think the ending was good but um, a couple of my favorite scenes. I'll give one that this isn't necessarily my favorite, but I just thought it was cool. Uh, when the when Captain America and Black Panther are leading the charge in Wakanda, and it shows them break away from the rest of the pack with basically their super speed. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was just just really cool. It was just like a neat, subtle thing that they didn't have to do. But it showed just mm-hmm. their superhuman ability, and I thought it was just kind of a, a fun scene. I absolutely loved the scene where uh, Thor and uh, Rocket or Rabbit, as Thor called him, and Groot landed in Wakanda. Um, to me, that was like that scene was just awesome. Uh, they land, you see the axe come out and kill a bunch of the you know these alien monster things, and then. Thor lands, and you kind of see the Avengers looking at him like, because, I mean, he looks obviously very different from the last time they've seen him, and he uh-huh. doesn't even have his hammer going, what, like, what, you know, this oh, this is great. I'm glad Thor's here. But I love the subtlety that they showed right before that in Banner going, you guys are so screwed, because he knows how powerful Thor is now, right? Right. He realizes right. that. Right. Facing him just, as Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he beat the Hulk. Yeah, and the other Avengers like I'm glad Thor's here. But then when he jumps in the air, and the sky turns dark, and he just decimates half of that like army of uh, of aliens, and just yelling, "Bring me Thanos!" I was like, "Yes, this is awesome. 
this is this is really because I've always liked Thor. Like his comic book counterpart has always been mm-hmm. that powerful and really great. Um, I'm glad they finally showed like Thor is he's he's not to be messed with. I mean, this guy is yeah. the real deal. Um, that and was, I think Thor. Thor is kind of the dark horse of the Avengers in my in terms of like popularity in my opinion because it it took a little while and there was a little stumbling to figure out how to make his character you know the first Thor movie was good but it was so weird and different that I think um I think I think they kind of had to massage that a little bit mm-hmm. um and then by the time you know by the time they get to obvi- I think Ragnarok kind of solidified and like sealed it where it was like Oh, we can actually do this character really fun and really cool. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, Absolutely. but yeah. So, sorry. No, well, and, and, yeah, I just and I I thought too, I mean, even the scene that he has with Rocket when they're just kind of sitting there talking and they're talking about you know, you know, Rocket's kind of asking if he's ready for this and he's talking about, you know, um, you know, 1500 over 1500 years old and you know, I've Da, 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 and all this you know just really great dialogue but um he he's i thought the acting by chris simsworth was really great mm-hmm. because i mean he's actually crying in that scene but trying to give this sort of macho like uh, you know fate wills it or whatever but mm-hmm. at the same time he's you know what more do i have to lose and it's a very heavy moment because you realize he's he's lost a lot and I mean, he loses a lot in Ragnarok. He's obviously lost a lot at the beginning of this movie, but I thought that brought him more mm-hmm. of a weight to Thor as a character. Like he's not just this goofy meathead of a superhero, but he, there, there's, there's a lot of um, emotion there of, of, of a guy who's lost a lot. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, no, I, that would, to me, I was, I was glad that we finally got to see the real Thor, um, both in Ragnarok, but especially in this movie, it was great. Um, and um, I thought when he met the Guardians, the exchanges with him and Chris Pratt were, you know, the, the voices going deeper and, you know, not today, yeah. sir. You know, I, I, that was, that was some really just tremendous, tremendous stuff um, there. So, and yeah. that Thor looks like a, a pirate and an angel had a baby. <laughs> And a pirate angel. Um, that was. I did think it yeah. was interesting too because I and I thought that could have been. There's some of those moments you thought could have been drawn out more, where but they did play it up a little bit that the guardians were like they've seen a lot of different weird things, but they were mm-hmm. sort of fascinated by Thor. They were like, "What yeah. is this? Like, who, this is not just a normal." Um, and so I thought that was kind of a subtle thing to sort of show that, you know, Thor is not just another alien race. I mean, these are almost cosmic sort of ancient, um, powerful beings in the universe. And, uh, um, yeah. So, so those are some, uh, any more, any more, uh, favorite, favorite moments that you had that going into the, uh, um, I loved, uh, I loved when rocket, Ask Bucky Barnes how much he wanted for the arm. Yes. Uh, that was pretty funny. Like, Rocket's character just has moments. Like, he, Rocket can be a little obnoxious sometimes, but then sometimes he just has great moments mm-hmm. like that, you know? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we, we probably should wrap it up by talking about the ending before we give our final rating, right? I um, think so. I think so. Um, so obviously in the ending, Thanos, um, there, there's the moment where you think, 
that Scarlet Witch, it, she finally destroys the Infinity Stone, the Mind Stone, and you're like, okay, they're going to take care of this, it's fine, but then of course Thanos uses the Time Stone to reverse it and rip it out of Vision's head, which was great. Like, that was just even, that made that more brutal in so many ways. Um, mm-hmm. But then Thor, he gets all the stones, and you're like, he actually got all the stones. Like, we've seen this movie, the villain actually succeeds. He actually wins. Mm-hmm. But then there's that one moment, again with Thor, who throws Stormbreaker, and you're thinking, there's no way it's going to make it. Hits him in the chest, and you're going, mm-hmm. they, they're they going to win. Like, Thor beat him. I mean, and, you know, um, and then, of course, Thanos, just with as much strength as he can muster, does the snap. Which I didn't think they would do in this movie. Um, that's a that's a that's a huge moment in the comics. Uh, I was surprised they did that, and when they did that, um, when he did that, it wiped out half the life in the universe. Pretty much wiped out all the new Avengers. We were left with the old Avengers, and mm-hmm. it was it was a very like you're like because I mean going in this movie we 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 talked a little bit about it like who do you think's gonna die and we're like it's either gonna be Iron Man or Captain America or but they killed off everybody besides the characters that I thought were gonna die um in yeah this, in this movie and I I think so I I love this ending my my criticism in terms of like the way that I feel like they would have made it more impactful because it, it so there's two ways to look at it I think like if you're willing to totally and utterly suspend disbelief, all right, like let's pretend that the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't a huge cash cow, you know, <laughs> like then I feel like this ending is the perfect ending. But knowing what we know about how these movies work, um, I feel like they sort of, um, to to borrow a Peter Parker uh, strategy pulled their punch a little bit. Yeah. Um, because when we were talking about this movie before it came out, you and I were saying, oh, they're going to kill Iron Man and they're going to kill Captain America because those are the two kind of oldest Avengers. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is not getting any younger. He's been, he's now done, gosh, how many of these movies? Um, so it would make sense to sort of reset their characters or remove them from the picture permanently, you know, um, and to sort of maybe like make Bucky Barnes, the new captain America or or do something like that. Um, but they, instead they decided to kill off black Panther, Spider-Man, um, you know, these characters who we know have made them so much money and gotten, you know, people love black Panther. People love Spider-Man. Um, and they're not going to just make them go away forever. Um, and so I feel like in some ways it, you know, if you're willing to just say like, like, you know, uh, the reality of these movies is, is just sort of locked into the storyline, then yeah, it's a great ending. Yeah. But I feel like, um, knowing what we know about how, how this business works, um, it may have been a, it may have been more impactful to actually kill off some characters rather than like sort of fake kill off some characters do you know yeah. what i mean yeah well, and i think in a um, lot of ways i mean obviously i th- i feel like you could say that the pre-snap deaths okay so like loki and all uh yeah gamora um maybe probably even vision like i think those those are i think those are cemented like they they are legitimate 
going for deaths. But yeah, we could say the yeah. snap. Because, um, I mean, yeah, like outside the movie, we know there's a Spider-Man sequel. Uh, we know there will be a Doctor Strange sequel. We know there will be a Black Panther sequel. Um, we know there's a Guardians Volume 3 coming out. But... Yeah. It, 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 so yeah, and, there was that moment where you walked out and you're like, I know that they're coming back. But yeah, in the, in the context of the actual story, though, if you just are in that story, in that moment, it, it's a, yeah, it's a tremendous ending. Um, and it's a very gutsy yeah. ending, too, to do that, I feel like. Yeah. And it, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like, um, I guess, so it would be like if you watched um, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring not having read the books. Um, that moment when Gandalf lets go of the cliff that would actually be a really, you know, that's a devastating loss. Yeah, um, yeah. If you've read the books, you know he comes back as Gandalf the White or whatever. Hey, spoiler alert, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Gandalf <laughs> dies and then comes back as if Gandalf the White. If you haven't seen it, you um, need to get caught up. Man. <laughs> um, you know, but but you can't, you can't quite pull that same trick in the MCU because it's such a, these characters, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Like, we know they're making a Spider-Man sequel. They would be idiots if they didn't make a Black Panther sequel. Right. You know, like, um, so it, it doesn't work quite the same way. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it, it was still a good, it was still a good ending. Like, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to crap on, like, how, how effective it was and how good it was to, like, walk out of the movie theater and say, I just watched a Marvel movie where the bad guy won. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's Absolutely. pretty, pretty bold. Uh, even, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that. No, it was, um, it was, it was tremendous. And I mean, like most of the deaths, I obviously the saddest death that's talked about the most is Spider-Man's, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. he dude like Tom Holland, um, just, he, he did the same thing in Spider-Man homecoming when he's trapped under all the rubble. Um, and he's yelling out for help. And he did the same thing in this movie that he quickly reminds you that he's a 15, 16 year old kid that's in way over his yeah. head. Um, and so the scene of him like saying, I don't want to go hugging Tony Stark and like just freaking out. I was like, Oh my goodness. And interesting enough again, and I'm like out of all the MC characters before pre Marvel cinematic universe. Um, I was a huge Spider-Man fan and I love that they included his spider sense in this movie, but mm -hmm. And I think it's a solid theory, and I, I, I would take it to the bank. You know, he starts saying, I don't feel good. Mantis says something bad's going to happen. But the reason that Peter Parker is, is kind of freaking out more in their characters is his spider sense is just going off the rails because he is mm -hmm. sensing that he's about to die. In the comic books, his Spider-Man doesn't, like, like his spider sense is, is involuntary, so sometimes it makes him react or move out of the way of mm -hmm. danger. Um, and mm -hmm. if he doesn't remove himself, oftentimes it causes him pain. Um, if he doesn't do what he needs to do, in this case, he can't do anything. And so I thought, like, if you kind of know that and watch that scene again, it, it makes that even more of a sad, painful scene to watch because he knows what's coming. He knows something's happening. And so um, I thought that was really, really well done. And, um, yeah, it was the devastation of the Avengers. Um, you know, I thought Cap um captain america at the end just just kind of defeated looking and like we've never seen captain yeah. america like that where he's just like he's lost like he just yeah. he's like we 
what happened. Um, and you know, I, so let's, let's do this and then we'll go into, um, we'll go into the predictions, uh, for the next Avengers movie. Um, yeah, the Indian was tremendous. I was surprised they did it, but, uh, and, and the villain won. And then he goes and goes to whatever place he was at and sort of, uh, basically goes and, and stares into the sunset, you know, uh, which is what he mentioned after he was done doing all this, he would go, you know, watch the sun rise or sunset on a new universe. And so, um, so, so out of a, a, a rating of one to five infinity stones, what would you, how many, how many, uh, infinity stones would you give this, this movie? Uh, I would give it four infinity stones and Thanos is on the way to get the fifth. So like maybe four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. I would, I would do the same four and a half. Um, I mean, there, there were some things and I, I don't even know if I can put my finger on them, but there were some things I felt maybe, eh, uh, but I can't really just yeah. name them. I just know it wasn't, I don't know. It's hard for me to give any movie besides the dark Knight a five out of five yeah. rating, but man, infinity war almost did it. So, well, it's, it's not a perfect movie in that if you haven't seen at least half of the other movies leading up, like it, it, it doesn't work as a standalone movie. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and that's, I feel like the, that's the, that's the only weakness that you set yourself up for in building this type of a project is like, um, um, uh, it it doesn't work. I guess kind of like Return of the Jedi. It wouldn't. It doesn't work as a standalone movie. Um, you you need those. You know those previous two. But in the case of in the case of Marvel, it's just uh, multiplied because you need twenty other movies in order to like t- you know to get the full orbed picture. You have to watch twenty movies. <laughs> like yeah, no, which yeah, is cr- yeah. which is crazy. It's insane. Um, and I feel like I've seen some critics that's kind of been the, 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 the mark against it a little bit has been, well, it's just a bunch of action and we never get any character development. And I'm like, the character development has happened the last 20-something movies. This movie yeah. is not about character development. Like, you already have to have empathy for these characters going in or, yeah, the yeah. story's not going to work as well for you. Um, if, if you're expecting that to happen in this one movie, it, yeah, it, it's just it's not going to happen, which is part of the reason that they were able to make such as I feel like a successful two and a half hour movie and combine all this because they're like, we don't have to do as much character development because we've already spent 10 years doing that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so Avengers four, which is still untitled, um, mm-hmm. comes out next May. So we do not have to wait. So a year from now, uh, so we have to wait the normal three years. Um, so the cliffhanger that we're left with uh, will get answers pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. This movie, Infinity War, concluded Phase Three. Avengers Four, um, actually, I think ca- actually Captain Marvel that comes out in March, and Avengers Four will kick off Phase Four. So, Jay, okay, with that, what that makes sense with what we know about how this movie ended. Hmm. What 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 are we what are you what, what's going to happen in Avengers four? It's it's hard to say because you know they're going to br- that you know that they're going to fix this mm-hmm. they're going to bring the characters back but I don't know how because Doctor Strange is gone correct correct yeah um so so I I honestly don't have any hu- I mean you know like my quote unquote hot take 
is that Captain Marvel is going to come in and somehow fix everything. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what... I don't even really know enough about her character to know what sort of powers she brings to the table. I know she's like kind of the Superman of the Marvel. Yeah. You know, Marvel, like Marvel people will get mad at me for saying that, but like she's kind of the Superman of the Marvel universe. She Um, is. Yeah. Yeah. She is like a human being. She has somehow been mixed with Kree DNA. um, And it gives her these crazy superpowers that are unparalleled in the Marvel universe. Um, So I agree with you. I mean, I think like her movie that comes out in March is set in the '90s, which will be awesome. Um, Brie Larson, that's of course, super, plays that's Captain super Marvel, cool. which is, I think, phenomenal casting. Again, Marvel does such a great job with their casting. Um, so we'll get the kind of setup of because that's one of the big questions we have is like Captain Marvel has been around since the '90s, but when we get to this movie, and that's one of the end credits, the only end credit scene is before. Um, uh, Nick Fury and um, the 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 agent. I'm going blank on her name. She's in How I Met Your Mother, but um, Agent Agent Robin. Agent Robin. Robin I think it's I actually Mariah Hill or Maria Hill. But hey, let's go with Agent Robin. Uh, before they disintegrate into dust, um, he sends out what looks like an old school pager, and of course the Captain Marvel insignia flashes on the screen. So we know she's going to play a big part in Avengers Four, but that's the big question: is where is she? Like. Yeah, You know, this is, seems like a yeah. big event if you are someone like Captain Marvel that, hey, you could show up now. That'd be great. Um, I think there's definitely some clues into the way that Infinity War ended, namely with Doctor Strange. Because so when they're on the ship, Doctor Strange tells Tony Stark that if it comes down to you or the boy or the kid or whatever he calls Spider-Man, if it comes down to one of you and the Time Stone... I, I, I'm you're you're done basically. Well, then yeah. when Thanos, when we think he is going to finish off Tony Stark and kill him, Doctor Strange turns over the Infinity Stone, which, in just cool Doctor Strange fashion, you know, he just happened to be hiding in another dimension, um, <laughs> which is just so great. But anyway, he gives Thanos the Time Stone, mm-hmm. and of course, when Thanos leaves. And Doctor Strange tells Tony Stark we're in the end game now. But it's like, okay, obviously he saw something in that one future where the Avengers win that mm-hmm. he needed like either Tony Stark needed to be alive or whatever. But yeah. right before he yeah. disintegrates, he tells Tony Stark this was the only way. And there's two like, theories. Like this is the, this is the one way. This is the one way. Is my my theory. Yeah. That's my theory. Is he saw the one way they could win. And it involved handing over the Eye of Agamotto, letting Thanos think he won, but then some something happens outside of their power to to kind of you know, yeah, bring bring things back together. I I, I agree because I think if Thanos would have let's say let let's say that um, I don't I don't know um, they continue to fight Thanos. Um, let's say they somehow Scarlet Witch took the Mind Stone and went and hit it somewhere. Thanos would have probably caused even more destruction. He might yeah. have even killed the entire life and on the entire planet of, of Earth, right? And so I think there's part of that too that Doctor Strange is thinking along the lines of when Thanos is done doing this, like you just said, he's done. He's going to leave us alone, basically. 
Yeah. And if we can get the time stone in reverse, I think the time stone will play into it however they get that. But I think there's part of that, like, we need to... Tony Stark needs to be alive in order for this to work. And two, we need for Thanos to not be basically at constant war with Thanos. Like, there need, like there, he needs to go away to where we can surprise yeah. him with something. And so, yeah, I think... I think that we, we see that in those final moments. It definitely Doctor Strange, um, they're they're in the end game, and and this was the only way to actually beat Thanos was to let him win. And I think it's that old ad, adage to let him win the battle, so to speak, so they can win the war. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I think that'll be interesting going into Avengers Four. Man, I I don't know. I think it would be awesome if they just. And I know this is crazy, and I know no movie would ever do this. But I, I feel like they should just like not show any trailers at all for Avengers Four, like none of them. Yeah, and just may, maybe that. do the title logo right and the date when it comes out. And yeah. I know fans are like, "Good, stupid, nobody will go see." I'm like, "Dude, do you know much? Do you know much anticipation we built up for that movie? If there's no yeah. trailers, I just would, I would love Pe- to just see that happen. People." People are going to see it, and and nobody who hasn't seen the first one is going to see the second. You know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of like a, like you're not gaining any. I don't think your 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 audience gains, like would be minimal because everyone who wants to see it is going to see it, whether there's a trailer or not. You know, or like, like if you only use maybe footage from this Avengers for the new trailer. Um, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Um, I think. I mean, no. I I think that would be great. Great. But yeah, I agree. I think that Captain Marvel is going to play a huge part. There's there's no mistaking that her movie is going to come out a couple months before. Um, she is going to be one of the main superheroes going forward. And I think it does. I think it's a. I think it's a good good thing that it brings it full circle to where it's now basically the original Avengers. And, mm-hmm. you know, Nebula, she was still alive. Um, ho- her and Tony Stark were the only survivors on Titan. Um, and so, I, but I think it's full circle that they're going to have, there's, there's this schism that was created between them um, towards the end of Age of Ultron and then Civil War. And now they're all going to be forced to, what the theme of the first Avengers movie was, to, to assemble. They're going to be forced to come back together um, and figure out, and, and I think Ant-Man and Maybe the Wasp, but for sure Ant-Man, I think, will play, and Hawkeye will play pivotal parts in the next movie as well. Um, I think there's going to be some of the Quantum Realm stuff that's going to come into play. Um, I, I feel like it, it could get pretty pretty interesting. At the same time, though, all my predictions uh, for, for this movie were completely wrong, um, and, 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 and in a good way. I'm glad that they were wrong, because um, yeah. it, it, yeah. uh, it was a good ending. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, man, overall... Great movie. Um, Marvel just continues to deliver the goods time and time again. It it's, continues to amaze me that they are consistently this good um, at superhero movies. Uh, it's just it's just incredible. So um, yeah. All right, man. All right, well, we I, went way over. Oh hey, well if you like comic hour, book movies, hour fifteen. Hour 15 right now. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, if you're still with us, subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, TJ, T Junkies uh, Pod. 
and um, we'll be back pretty soon. We'll drop some more episodes. We'll have Julie back with us and uh, do some more just random movie. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.